Welcome to another edition of the Hammer High School Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Jessalitis, and it's being brought to you thanks to The Athlete, your specialist in team equipment and uniforms since 1978. Selling all the high school awards jackets and spirit wear, The Athlete also offers game balls, whether it's uh, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, or volleyballs, all the official sizes for your game. Go to The Athlete, 2424 Teal Road. I love picking up my team equipment over there at The Athlete. All right, great uh, podcast for you here. We'll talk with uh, Coach Justin Kuhn of Faith Wrestling. Also, Chad Dillon of West Lafayette uh, High School Swimming and Diving is going to be on with us. But uh, let's start out the podcast talking a little bit of high school hoops. And uh, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Andy Pogar from the Friday Night Frenzy. Here's a guy that's out every week uh, getting video of all these teams. So if anybody's got a good sense of who they are, uh, it's definitely uh, Andrew. Yeah, you got that right. Dakota, Simon, and I and our, and our crew, we, uh, we're all over the place. Several different counties we're covering. So, Lafayette, Jeff, still the best team in the area, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Hands down, I, I think so. I, I saw them play earlier this week. And <laughs> there's not a better team in the area when it comes to putting the ball in the basket than, than Lafayette, Jeff. And, and that's predicated on, on the Barnheiser boys and the Beaver boys. And, and Mark Barnheiser knows what he's doing. He's been around the block. So um, they're the best team. And in my opinion, they're the most fun team to watch here in the area. Is there anybody that can stop them in your estimation? Can can McCutcheon maybe put it together enough? I mean, I know back in the uh, in, in the tournament they got blown out by the Broncos, but they seem to be getting a little bit better too. Is there anybody capable in that sectional of of maybe stopping this run? I think Harrison. I, I really do. I know the Raiders have lost to the Broncos twice, and those are their only two losses this season. But both games have been super competitive and I just think it's very difficult to beat a team three times and I think what Harrison has going on right now they've won seven straight games uh they are a very talented group um and they just get after it they play extremely hard and so um I think if these two teams were to meet again um I I, I would pick Lafayette Jeff but I think there is a chance that Harrison could take them down. I know Lafayette definitely has one loss, and that loss is arguably to the best team in the state in Lawrence Central. But, uh, again, you play a team three times, you're so familiar with one another, I think that could be the opportunity for Harrison um, to take down Lafayette Jeff. Is it just because they seem to be the only ones that can contain Jeff's score? I mean, they just play such good defense over there. Are, are they going to be able to get the offense going enough to be able to do that? I, I, just, I assume if we're going with Harrison as being the team that could slow them down. It's just because of the way they play defense. Well, I think if you're going to if you're gonna want to put points on the board, that's what Lafayette Jeff likes to do. So I think you're kind of falling in a trap there. I think it comes down to defense. But the one big matchup I love when it comes to these two teams facing off against one another is Brooks Barnheiser versus Jordan Walters. They're both very similar in physique. Walters is, is really athletic. Um, and the last two times they have played each other, it's been a battle one-on-one. But um, I think at the end of the day, Lafayette Jeff has just so much. They only play six or seven guys at most. But if you want to beat them, you got to take away Brooks uh, at least. But then you also have to worry about Braxton, who can put 25 easy a night. And then uh, Avery Beaver, and not to mention his younger brother, Ashton Beaver, and then we haven't even mentioned the big guy who was a factor in the last time these two teams met, Matt Jones. Uh, Harrison didn't have an answer for him. So 
there's just several different weapons that you have to account for. But the one big thing I love about Harrison is Mark Reinhardt just has his boys play really, really hard night in and night out. And that's why they are 10 and 2 right now this season. Talking with Andrew Pogar from the Friday Night Frenzy on the Wings, etc. Hammerhead Hotline. Let's uh, take a look at Westside. Dave Woods' crew just seems very inconsistent. Uh, they didn't have the best city tournament. I Okay, but then it seemed like they put things together before the holidays. They won three out of the four. They come back from the holidays. They lose the first two. They beat Covington. Now they got a weekend against Rensselaer Central and then Harrison on uh, on Saturday. What do you make of the Red Devils right now? You mentioned the inconsistency. I think the only consistent thing about West Lafayette this season is, is the play of Yanni Karlaftis. I mean, you can expect him to put up you know a double-double nearly uh, night in and night out. But, yeah, just the inconsistency. And I would like to see more out of Tyler Boyle. Uh, he's someone in the past who's really made them go. And, and I haven't really seen a whole lot from him this season. That's made me say, ooh, or ah, but... Um, I never count out Dave Wood in the Red Devils because um, he, he obviously has been around. He knows what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, that's obviously the biggest thing you want to see them solve is to just sustain more of a consistent effort uh, night in and night out. Big one tomorrow, though. You mentioned it. Harrison Westloff, yeah, that will be uh, very telling as to where both teams are going. Let's get into, uh, I don't know if it's a surprise squad, but they're definitely playing Pretty darn good basketball right now, and that Central Catholic Dave Barrett squad is uh, on a heater right now. They'll play Benton Central tonight. They've got Andrean at home tomorrow. Uh, we we thought they might be a little slow going here because he had all the guys that were playing football that were going to have to come over and, and get into some basketball shape. But uh, it seems like just going into the holiday, where I thought they might struggle, they played well against Northwestern and Frankfurt, and then they came out of the holidays a little slow against Clinton Prairie, but. Nice win at McCutcheon, 60-54 to last week. Uh, they got that win over Rensselaer Central. This seems like a team that's uh, poised to uh, really, really do something here going into the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because uh, my coworker, Dakota Simon, and I, we were chatting about Central Catholic, and we both kind of agreed. We felt like they've kind of underperformed thus far. And then you look at their record, and they only have two losses, and both of those are at the beginning of the season. Where, as you mentioned, you know, they had guys playing on the football team en route to a state title. So Central Catholic is good. And as long as Carson Barrett's on the floor, they're going to have a legit chance to make a run in the IHSAA state tournament. So I'm not worried about that in the least bit. And their win last Friday against McCutcheon kind of proved that to me. Uh, Nate Webb didn't score in the first half, and then he had 14 points, I believe, in the second half. And he was knocking them down all over the place. And not to mention Barrett, Carson Barrett, put up 20 and 12, and I think he nearly had a triple-double. So a very talented team, and uh, I, I just can't I can't count them out. And it's funny because I feel like they've been kind of flying under the radar thus far. What's going on at McCutcheon? I, they're 6-6 six and six right now. They lost the last two. The CC game, I guess I, I, I get that one a little bit. They sh- I don't think they should have won that, or they should have lost that game to Richmond 49-43. to That game was also at home last weekend. You know, a, a lot's made about some of the talent that they have on that team, but uh, for what's being made of it, and for what I've seen, what I've gone and played, I feel like this team should be better than six and six, and they're not right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is Rowan Farrell's health. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to play this season after uh, hurting his knee in the off season, and he is when he's healthy, he's one of the best players in this area. 
Um, and it's props to him because he, he's back on the floor and he played last Friday and you know, he's nowhere near a hundred percent. But if he were a hundred percent, that six and six record that the Mavs own right now would be different. There's no question about it. The best player on the floor for them is a freshman in Trey Gibbs Lawhorn. And so the future certainly looks bright, but I don't think you can knock the Mavs right now given where they are at. I don't think the talent is as good as we've seen in years past when they've had Robert Finnessy, when they've had Hayden Beaton, Eddie Collins, so on and so forth. But um, if Owen Farrell were 100% healthy right now, this is a very dangerous team. And again, I, I salute him for going out there. There was a sequence last Friday where he tried to guard, I believe it was Brenner Oliver for Central Catholic, and Laterally, you just could see he was he was hobbling, and so it's his last year, it's his last go around in the Mavs uniform, and so you know all the props to him. But the point I'm trying to make is that if he were healthy, uh, McCutcheon would be a much more dangerous threat. And you asked me about them uh, perhaps taking down Lafayette. Jeff, who knows if he were fully healthy? So that will be something I'm going to keep an eye on here down the stretch is to see how he progresses as time goes on. Andrew Pogar from the Friday Night Frenzy is going to have a uh, full slate of games tonight, including Central Catholic at uh, Benton Central, Kokomo at Harrison, McCutcheon out of Logansport, Jeff is over at Anderson, and then you got a uh, you love the boys girls doubleheader, don't you? Rensselaer Central at Westside. Yeah, we're we're going to try to make it to both games. It's been tough because we've been we've been understaffed. It's no excuse, but. Um, we're going to try to make both. And, you know, when you, when you talk about girls basketball last night, uh, Harrison visiting, or Harrison rather, hosting Northwestern, two of the better teams in Class 4A, and the Wildcats uh, showed that I wouldn't be surprised if they're back at Bankers Life Fieldhouse again. And they have a Purdue signing in, in Madison Layden, whose mom, Kathy Layden, is the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever they got going on in Kokomo, it's, it's pretty darn good. And last year they obviously showed that winning the state title. So, uh, but, yeah, we're going to try to make both if we can get there. Thanks, Andy. Make sure you catch the Friday Night Frenzy uh, weekends here on uh, WLFI. They're the only ones, uh, only TV station covering your local high school sports, so make sure you check them out. So, uh, look, I'm as guilty as everybody. I think about our five area high schools, and I always tend to forget a little bit about Faith Christian, so that's why I'm trying to learn more about the programs. This week we have uh, their wrestling coach, uh, Justin Kuhn, on with us. Had a very good conversation with him. Check it out. Uh, a program that uh, continues to be pretty darn solid from my understanding. Uh, you know, last week we talked about Faith Christian uh, basketball and, uh, Coach, uh, w- w- how hard it can be to recruit um, and get athletes in, quality athletes in at a school your guys' size, very small. Um, you know, it's not like it's not like a big school like McCutcheon where, you know, just the law of averages tells you there's so many athletes walking down the hallways you have to be a lot more purposeful, and also the feeder systems uh, have got to be uh, pretty darn important. So uh, what's the secret sauce? What's the key over at Faith Christian uh, to getting these guys out to compete every uh, season? So I think, I think our main goal is to make sure that our team is kind of family-friendly, family-focused, um, because then kids want to be a part of it. Um, the guys on the team do a great job of recruiting within the school themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if, the, if the environment's fun, kids want to be around it. And then as you start to have success, then kids hear about it. Then kids want to be a part of it. So thankfully we've had some pretty solid numbers um, over the last couple of years in terms of uh, just the number of kids we've got in our program, both high school and middle school. 
So talk a little bit about this year's high school season. I know you guys uh, ha- have a pretty tough schedule again. Uh, give me uh, give me some of the guys that are really standing out, some of the names I need to watch for as uh, we start to build towards sectionals. Yeah, so uh, this year our team is 17-3 and three overall um, in our dual meets. We've won a couple of tournaments. We went over to the Seager Invitational and got a got a win there, and then we went to the Twin Lakes Invitational and won that for the first time ever. So that was pretty special. Um, and then we just got a couple really, really good wrestlers on our team. We've got Dave Devaney. He's a senior. He actually, um, at the Twin Lakes Invitational, became Faith's first ever 100 career uh, win wrestler. So that was pretty, pretty good for him. He's a kid that's been on the team. Uh, he's a four-year varsity kid. Um, we've got another kid, Tristan Robinson. He's 20 and three this year, uh, returning regional qualifier from last year. Um, we just got a couple really, really good kids this year. They're doing a lot of things. I think 14 of our wrestlers actually have winning varsity wrestler, winning varsity records this year. So that's really awesome. For a school your guys' size, is this the success that you're having? Is this uh, somewhat uncommon? I, that's what I would think, but uh, I'm not as versed in wrestling as you are, obviously. So yeah. kind of put your guys' success into perspective as it relates to uh, other teams in the state. Yeah, so um, when I first started this, my fourth year as the head coach, um, four years ago I think we had five or six kids on the high school team. Um, a couple of them were decent wrestlers, but in terms of any team success was pretty limited just based on numbers. Um, last year we had a winning record. I think we were 14 and 10. Um, but then this year for us to be 17 and three, and we're really competing with larger schools in the area, mm-hmm. uh, teams like Twin Lakes, teams like Seeger, um, just a lot of those schools that, um, that we're able to have some success against this year. So it's been, it's been fun. And I think it's pretty remarkable, too, not just from when we talk about, you know, the amount of students that you guys have that you can, you know, that, that pool to bring in. But uh, being a smaller school, too, you don't have the uh, strength and conditioning resources that maybe a Jeff or, or a McCutcheon or a Harrison have, right? I mean, you guys, you really have to do with uh, a lot less. Uh, talk about that uh, aspect of it. Yeah, so we're in a – we actually practice in a multi-purpose gym that we kind of roll up and put down our mats every day. A um, little different than having a, a dedicated wrestling space, but we, we make do with it. Our guys have a, we have access to a weight room and stuff. So we're able to get um, lifting and conditioning and all that stuff pretty well. I think the only difference that most schools probably have is just that dedicated space. We're talking with uh, Coach Justin Kuhn of the Faith Christian uh, Wrestling Squad here, uh, looking to uh, get some guys into it. So, so do you have guys you feel like can make it to at least the semi-state round this year? Do you have guys that you project that might be able to make it to the state round this year? Yeah, I definitely think semi-state's a very attainable goal for a couple of our kids, and then it just comes down to draw and kind of how you finish at semi-state mm-hmm. in terms of being able to to make it to state. We haven't had one yet. We've had one semi-state qualifier a couple years ago. Hope to have a, a few more this year. And then when you get to East Chicago to semi-state, depending on draw, a lot of things can happen. So yeah, we we would we'd enjoy that for sure. Uh, team-wise, how far do you feel like your team can get, right? Because they still, my, that was my understanding, you still get a the, the team sectional win, team uh, regional win. How how far do you think this team can go as a whole? 
so our team were in sectionals with Harrison, with Jeff, with McCutcheon, uh, Attica, West Lafayette, all those schools. I'm not, I'm not sure this year a team title would necessarily be within grasp. If we could get a top five finish over at sectionals, that'd be great. And then really look to have some individual success for a handful of our guys that I'd like to see make it out over to Logan Sport to regionals. How does that middle school program look for you? We always talk about the importance of those feeder, uh, those feeder systems, and we also talk to a lot of coaches that will tell us that's when the high school success starts coming is when you can get in and start teaching these kids the lingo, the jargon, the techniques, and everything early on. So uh, how, how has that feeder system been looking? How's your middle school program looking? Our uh, middle school program looks unbelievable. So I, I had coached the middle school as well as the high school, so I have a lot of interaction with those guys. Um, and our seventh grade group specifically is just super, super talented. There's a couple kids that I think are going to have unbelievable years this year and next year and then really make seamless transitions into high school wrestling just because of the fact that um, they're practicing very similar style to our high school team. So then that, that makes it a pretty easy jump from one level to the next. Coach, what has to happen for your high school team to take that next step so that you guys are not talking about a top five finish uh, and, and a sectional, but you're talking about uh, competing in maybe a top two or three spot? I, I think it's just a continuation of getting as many kids as we can into the practice room. Um, competition kind of breeds success. And then if you're talking about just the number of guys being able to to practice, compete with one another every day at practice, um, and then just filling out a lineup. We generally fill 12 or 13 weight classes rather than a, a full 14. So trying to get a top-to-bottom 14-man team would be uh, probably the next big step for us. So uh, talk about some upcoming uh, invites or matches that you guys got. Maybe if uh, folks want to come on out and uh, see what Faith Christian Wrestling's all about. What do you guys got coming up? Anything this weekend or uh, into next week? Yeah, so Saturday we wrestle at Tri-Central in a six-team tournament. And then next Tuesday, the 21st, is our last home meet of the year. And it's actually our senior night for a couple of those guys like Dave Devaney that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, We wrestle Carroll at home here at the community center. And then Thursday we wrestle at Attica. And that's our last one before sectionals on February 1st. Coach Justin Kuhn of uh, the Faith Christian Wrestling Squad, uh, a pleasure to meet you, sir, and uh, hey, best of luck with the uh, rest of the season, and uh, good luck with your guys in sectionals. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. This is the Hammer High School Sports Podcast on 101.7 The Hammer. The athlete, your specialist in team equipment and uniform since 1978 as our sponsor uh, selling all high school awards, jackets, spirit wear. The athlete also offers game balls, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer, or volleyballs, all the official size for your game. They've got the athlete 24-24 Teal Road. I got to go get some new apparel made over there as well. So uh, I'm going to see Joe and company. You should do as well. So we talked a couple weeks ago about Jeff swimming and diving because they had the new facility going in. They're just getting it uh, ramped up now, but you know, somebody else has got a new brand new facility is West Lafayette swimming and diving. And they got a lot going on. Uh, especially with the Hoosier Conference uh, Championship meets this weekend. So I connected with Chad Dillon, the head coach not only of uh, Boilermaker Aquatics, but of uh, also of the Westside Swimming and Diving Programs. Here's that talk. Coach Chad Dillon, Westside Swimming and Diving is on with us. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Jeff's uh, new facility that they're getting ready to open up for swimming. 
But they're not the only one. Uh, it's also happening over there in West Lafayette. And Coach Dylan, a big week for you, by the way. I know you guys have conference coming up. Uh, so talk a little bit about the Hoosier Conference. You guys are hosting that too, correct, in your new facility? Hey, yeah. Uh, this weekend we've got a conference going on. Um, now, even though we do have a brand-new swimming facility, uh, we're still hosting the conference at Purdue's Aquatic Center. Uh, okay. I think it's just – it's been one of those things that the other schools in our conference are really excited to swim in a college facility. Um, so I think this year might be our last one that we host at Purdue, and then we might host at our pool next year. And that's something, too, you know, you brought up the kind of the thrill factor to it. Um, it this is like maybe getting down to the natatorium and being able to do something during the regular season. You know, we, I think the most notable thing is uh, we, we see football programs that will go and do some Saturdays down at Lucas Oil, and that's really cool because that's where they do a state championship game. But uh, talk about the advantages of being able to have that at Purdue. D- does that prepare them in any way, shape, or form for something a little bit different? Is it just kind of a novelty? Talk about the advantages of being able to have that over there. Yeah, uh, well, you mentioned something I, I don't think of very often. Um, it, it, it's It's got to be so exciting for high school athletes, especially young freshmen and sophomores, to go to a college program's facility. And, you know, to see the Big Ten banners for all the schools that, that attend there, um, to know that college athletes are swimming there regularly for practice, um, it's got to be awesome. And uh, I have to admit, I went to the conference meet, I think it was the uh, Hoosier Conference Championship, uh, uh, or maybe it's the North Central. I watched a couple this weekend. But you'll see kids in, in outside lanes that aren't supposed to be the winners of the heat that just get really excited and go after a race real aggressive at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they pop off a, a personal best time of 5 to 10 seconds. So um, I think it's just thrilling to be there at Purdue. Now, uh, you not only do this, but you also uh, coach over at Boiler Aquatic. So you have a pretty good sense of overall what the community is like when it comes to swimming. I've I never known it to be a huge powerhouse of an area, I, I think because you don't have the class in swimming, I feel like uh, most of the indie schools have a bit of an advantage just from a numbers standpoint. What's the state of local swimming, you think? Uh, what's the turnout been like, and what are some of the challenges that you guys face right now? Yeah, so I think really uh, I've been here this, uh, for four years as the head coach of Boilermaker Aquatics, and I came in at a time that I felt like there was a little bit of a lull um, or, or down period in performance and enthusiasm for the sport, but um, I'm really excited about what we've done this year. Uh, and then moving forward, there's there's a whole lot of high-quality swimming coming to the community. So um, you're right, we have a, a big challenge in the Hamilton County schools like Carmel and Fishers and Noblesville that they put up some really fast swims, and it seems like they've got an endless pool of athletes to pull from. Um, but we've got a pretty good group here at Westside this season. And I know that's fueled by some local swim clubs here. So um, we, we've got something to be really proud about this year and then moving forward. Well, you also have your hand on something. You know, we have a lot of coaches on. We talk about how they build to success. And we, we talk a lot about feeder systems. And you have a heck of a one there that you work with. So how hard is it? Because this is a very demanding sport, especially time-wise. Because, I mean, it takes up an entire weekend to get kids out to meets and everything <laughs> when you're doing that. I mean, it's it's a whole... You know, you got to load up the minivan with everything. It's a big deal. So talk about the challenges of setting up those feeder systems. With the younger kids, how hard is it to get them involved these days? 
Uh, it's a great question because I think, you know, how many opportunities are there for athletes to participate in sports? Mm-hmm. You've got volleyball and basketball, and um, there, there's so many different branches of sports now. Um, so it, it's just incredible with the opportunities that athletes get. Um, I think really with our program, we've just been a steady build. We made sure that we had a sturdy foundation that we were going to build off of. And now um, I, I truly feel like our club is just coasting uh, in a way. We, we've done so much work in the first three years that I was here that now it, our work seems to be getting easier to do a better job. So just, just coaching the athletes every day, making sure we're having fun. Uh, we, we train them pretty hard uh, most of the time, but they seem to really enjoy that and the challenges that that brings. So I, I really wouldn't say it's too challenging for us to get the kids to come back to the pool every day. Let's talk about the Red Devils here a little bit more specifically because, again, you guys do have a conference uh, meet coming up this week, and then what was just a few weeks out probably from uh, girls' sectionals, then a couple weeks after that we're talking boys' sectionals. So uh, from when you guys got started, uh, I'm assuming uh, right there, what, uh, late September, early October, to the point that you got now, talk about the progress that you guys have made and in, in your outlook for the rest of the season. Uh, so this is my second year at West Lafayette High School. Uh, this is what I feel my best team yet. Uh, and last year was great, but this year's even better. Um, we've got a loaded boys team and we've got a very good, but very small girls team. So our girls, uh, this weekend, I don't think a conference championship is in, uh, our future, uh, just because we only have six girls on the swimming side and we've got three wonderful divers in that pool. Uh, but our boys team is, is fairly strong. Uh, we're looking for some best times, but we're not resting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think a few really bad things would have to happen for the boys team not to raise the conference trophy this weekend. Well, it'll be a, uh, I know it'll be a test for you guys. And uh, we were just talking before we, we got on uh, to the podcast here about just, it just never stops this time of year, does it? I mean, there, there's an endless stream of teams, whether you're talking year round programs, you're talking to your high school, you know, you're working with middle, all, all that stuff. Uh, this is, this is the final big push for you guys, right? I mean, you, the next couple of months and then you end up in those year round, you start with the, uh, with the uh, age group states and things like that. After that, junior, you, you go on that. This, this is the big push right here, isn't it? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And your background probably tells you that once high school season finishes up, uh, which is all the championship meets in February, then this uh, club swimming thing picks up their championship season. So um, for the coaches, it's it's a, a kind of a rough time period because you're away from family most weekends. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think with the athletes, and you, you've mentioned a couple of times how much work they put in, it's really, really rewarding for them to see how that plays out in their performance. So, you know, they get to rest and not swim as much in training for the next couple of weeks, and then they're going to feel better because of that, and then they're going to perform really well, and then it just snowballs after that. So, um at this time of the year, I'm just glad that uh, that it's uh, we're past Christmas vacation. If if I was still in there, I'd just be glad we're past Christmas vacation and we're not swimming for like five hours a day or something anymore. It would be fantastic. This is the glory time where it starts to taper down before somebody decided, hey, you know what? Instead of swimming in a 25-yard pool for the summer, why don't we make it like 50 meters? That'll be like way more fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Coach Chad yeah. Dillon. 
West Side Red Devils, again, they've got the Hoosier Conference meet this weekend, and then uh, we're less than a month out from sectionals, too. So, Coach, hey, great to have you on the program. Uh, congratulations on all the success here. Uh, I hope you continue to build young athletes, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Sound good? Thanks, Jared. Have a great day.